You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 137. And today we are diving in and talking about the HPV virus, otherwise known as the human papillomavirus, because it is the most common sexually transmitted infection in the United States. However, it is also one of the most misunderstood infections as well. And people ask all the time, is it like HSV? Is it like HIV? Um, is there treatment? Is there no treatment? How do I get it? So many questions. And I think one of the biggest things why there's so many questions around it is because people feel shameful when they get this diagnosis and they're told that they have HPV. So come on, buckle up your seatbelt with me because we are going to explore HPV. We are going to tell you what it is, what it's not, how you can get it, how you can help yourself not get it. And what do you do if you get it? But most importantly, we are trying to dispel some myths here in today's episode. So whether you've had HPV, whether you just want to know more about it, whether you want to know about it so you can talk to your girlfriends or and or your daughters, or you just want to kind of, you know, dive in and see what some of the mysteries are around it, then today's episode is for you. So with no further ado, let's get into the episode and find out all about HPV. Hey there, and welcome to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Broad, Millennial Women's Health Guide and Certified Women's Health Nurse Practitioner. I invite you to join me and hundreds of other women who are curious about their health, want to be their number one self-care advocate, and want to build a health portfolio that is robust enough to carry them through every facet of their lives. The Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast is the only resource you need to start, grow, or level up your health to the fullest potential. Discover why women all over the globe call the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast their go-to women's wellness hub, where we talk about women's wellness, we talk about business, life, and everything in between, all the things that pertain to us women being healthy. We are more than just a podcast. We are a community. Well, hey there, ladies, and welcome back to another episode. I hope that you had a fabulous, blessed week. And, you know, today we are going to be talking about a topic that has a lot of misunderstanding around it, and it's the HPV virus. I get so many questions. Well, I get questions about so many different things all the time. And you know that I come into the group and I try to answer questions that you guys, or that I shouldn't say you guys, you ladies, you know, ask and are curious about. But this is one of those topics that just has a lot of you know, curiosity around it. People don't really understand it and rightfully so because it is a little bit perplexing. So I thought that we would tackle this topic today and kind of go over it and really kind of dive into it and, you know, in a small fashion so that you get a little bit better understanding of it. So we're going to talk about the HPV virus, other otherwise known as the human papillomavirus. Okay. So it is a sexually transmitted disease, first of all, because a lot of people get confused. Is HPV, is it an STD or is it not an STD? It is an STD. And it is the most common STD that you can get with about 79 million Americans who have been affected with this particular virus. So whether you have it or you're wondering, excuse me, what you can do next or how to prevent it, then today's show can help you because we're going to be talking about that. And I also want you to know and try to understand too, because this is another big confusion. Everybody wants to know is HPV, is it like 
HSV, which is the, you know, herpes virus, or is it like HIV, um, the immunodeficient virus? No. HP is different from these particular viruses. First of all, um, herpes, which I call HPV, I call them sisters. I don't know why, but I do. You know, it's when I think of it in my mind, I think of HPV and HSV as sisters because they're both viruses. Um, we don't have a cure for either one of these. They appear to happen in the vaginal area for women, but actually herpes can appear in other areas besides just the vaginal area. But they're kind of like similar, you know, one is blisters, which is herpes and HPV is kind of like warts. So let's kind of dive in and talk a little bit about that. So let's talk about what are the types of HPV. So the first thing to know about HPV is that there are multiple types of the infection. There are two main types of HPV that most people are aware of, but close to a dozen more that can lead to some form of cancer, whether that's cervical cancer or it's penile cancer or other cancers of the oral cavities or wherever. So the first one is low risk HPV. The low risk HPV is luckily the one that most people get. Okay. These types are what cause the genital warts that you can see on the outside. The first and primary sign of having the HPV infection, but you can also have the low risk HPV that is flat and that is on your cervix and that you can't see. So you can actually get low risk on the outside or you can get it on the inside. The good news is if you get HPV, that's the little warts that you see on the outside, it can be easily treated and doesn't typically lead to cervical cancer. All right. Then you have the high risk HPV. These are also known as the high risk varieties, which are more rare, but can lead to cervical cancer as well as to cancer of the penis, anus, or throat, the oral cavity due to oral sex. So there are many different strands of the high risk HPV virus, numerous of them. Okay. And there are a few that are particularly, you know, more potent, like 16 and 18 are one of the very high risk strands that can definitely lead to cervical cancer. There are other strands of the high risk that are not 16 and 18, but they're they'll still considered to be high risk and they too can lead to cervical cancer, but we really look for the 16 and 18 to kind of see if you have those varieties and there's, you know, you can test that out through, um, getting pap smears and getting that screen that way, but we're going to get into that in a little bit. So a lot of people ask, you know, how do you get HPV? Well, it comes down to how easily this infection is to contract, which is very easy. HPV can be passed through sexual intercourse and or oral sex. Any skin to skin contact with vaginal, oral, or anal sex is how HPV is passed from one partner to another. <clears throat> Excuse me. HPV can be passed even when an infected person has no signs or symptoms. Okay. Like it's the same thing with H HSV, which is the herpes virus. A lot of times in that prodromal state, what we call that. Okay. Like it's the state before you actually see the outbreak. That's when you tend to, the shedding tends to be the highest and you can even be susceptible to passing that on during those particular times. Okay. Anyone who is sexually active can get HPV, even if you've had sex with only one person. You can also develop symptoms years after you have sex with someone who is infected. 
This makes it hard to know when you first became infected. And this is where a lot of the confusion comes for a lot of my patients and people that I talk to. Okay. Because we're seeing a lot of women who are in their forties or fifties, you know, or even sixties who have been married for a long period of time with one partner and they're showing up and they're having HPV. Well, first of all, HPV is a virus and it hangs out in your spinal ganglion and it can come, it can express itself on and it can express itself off. So you may have it at some times and you may not have it at other times. That's why you may go and get a pap smear one year and you see the HPV there. And maybe the next year that you go to get your pap smear, it's not there, or you have several negatives and then you have a positive. So we can't tell you, you know, when you got it, who you got it from and how long it's been there only that we're seeing it on a pap smear when we test you. Okay. And it's very hard for people to kind of, you know, understand that. And people really want to go and then start pointing fingers at their sexual partner. But here's the thing. I tell my clients, just like I'm going to tell you, if you have ever had sex with anybody else other than your partner, or your partner has had sex with anybody else other than you, you could be a carrier. They could be a carrier. Okay. And you just may get it. So unless you are both, and I mean both, never had sex, you're both virgins, never had any STDs, then you are at risk for getting it. Okay. And we know, you know, most people today have had more than one sexual partner. So it's very easy to contract it. And there is really no signs or symptoms other than, you know, if you get the out, the ones on the outside that are bad, that, you know, that are actual warts that you can see. You know, men don't usually have them hanging out on the outside. They carry them through the seminal fluid and it gets passed again through sexual contact, right? Women get it so much more often because we have a great place for it to hibernate and to grow, so to speak. I hate the word hibernate, but it does. We have a vagina. It's nice and moist and it's dark in there. It's a great place for things to grow. So you tend to see more women getting it than you do men. And a lot of men are just asymptomatic carriers, meaning they carry the virus, but they have no signs or symptoms. So people do not walk around with a t-shirt that says, Hey, you know, I have HPV. Most people don't even walk around with a t-shirt that says, Hey, I have, you know, herpes. Okay. People feel ashamed and they feel dirty when they have these particular things and they feel embarrassed, but it's very, very common. As you heard me say in the very beginning, over 79 million Americans have HPV. So it's very, very prevalent. Okay. And it's very easy to contract it. And so don't feel that way or feel ashamed or dirty or any of that other kind of stuff that you may be thinking because it's not true. Okay. So, all right. HPV, like I said, can be passed even when there's no signs. Anyone who is sexually active again can get HPV. So there are some people or some things that make a person more susceptible or at a higher risk to getting HPV. So you, if you, you know, there's a vaccine out for the HPV. Okay. So if you have not been vaccinated, okay, then that can put you at an increased risk. If you have a weakened immune system, and we've been talking about a lot of, you know, decreased immune systems, not only just about for HPV, we were talking about it for COVID and for a host of other, a myriad of other things too. Or if your partner has HPV and you know that, okay, so if your partner has HPV, so he has HPV, you're going to pass it back and forth and it's no big deal. You, if you do have the ones on the outside, you're going to get treated. If you have it on your cervix for certain types, you're going to get treated. It's, it is treatable in a certain way. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit too. 
Okay, so if you have multiple sexual partners, you have an increased risk. And if you do not use protection during sex, you are at increased risk. However, even if you do use a condom, okay, or some type of barrier method, you can still get HPV because again, it's in the seminal fluid. It's, and it could be in that pre ejaculate of your partner's, you know, sperm. So even if you have it, if you have, if you do foreplay or you have any of that kind of stuff, or you just have skin to skin contact or any of that kind of stuff, it can, you know, get on another person, even before you put the condom on or even during having the condom on. Okay. So condoms can help, but they don't always protect you against that. Okay. So then people ask all the time, so what are some of the symptoms? Well, unfortunately, there's only one main symptom that you may notice if you have HPV. And we've been talking about that. You may see the genital, genital warts. Well, not everyone with genital warts automatically has HPV. It is the only sign for the low risk variety of this infection. Okay. But again, like I talked about earlier, you still can have the low risk HPV kind, and it's just not showing up as external genital warts. It can be flat warts on the cervix. Okay. Warts on the genitals look the same as on your hands or other parts of your body. They're small bumps, either one or a cluster of them. They look like little cauliflower heads on the external skin of your genital area. For women, they show up most often on the vulva, but they can be located near your anal opening or anything or on the vulva or on your lips, labia majora or anywhere out there. Okay. So there's no test to find out if a person has HPV or status. Okay. So to speak, okay. You can't just walk in and say, Hey, I'd like to find out if I have HPV. Also, there is no approved HPV test to find HPV in the mouth or the throat. We only have one for the cervix. Okay. There are, there are HPV tests that can be used to screen for cervical cancer. These tests are only recommended for screening in women aged 30 years and older. HPV tests are not recommended to screen men, adolescents, or women under the age of 30 years. And the reason for that is because most women, younger women, as we see it in the medical literature and people getting HPV who are in the younger generation, is that they get the low risk kind. And if you just let their bodies um, handle it over a year, they, it tends to kind of go away um, and we may or may not see it again. And like we said, the low risk kind are not the ones that are really leading to cervical cancer. Because years ago, when I first, um, like I started practicing when I was 26, and I remember back then when HPV was first was first coming out on the on the market, and you first heard of HPV, we were doing colposcopies, and you may have heard of those colposcopies are are is the test where we look at your cervix under a high power high powered microscope, and we look to see if there's any abnormal areas that pop out, and we take biopsies if you've had an abnormal Pap smear, and we were just biopsying people left and right. And we were biopsying young girls and you have to take a, a snippet of the cervix and you have to do a scraping of the endometrial canal, not pleasant, not fun. And we found that, you know, it just, for all these biopsies that we were doing, you know, which back then they were kind of like the low risk type that it was really unnecessary. So, you know, several years later, about 10 years later, it came out that, you know, if somebody has low risk, we're just going to, and they're under the age of 30, we're just going to let their own body see if they can fight it off and kind of just watch them. So we want to preserve the cervix for future pregnancies of these young ladies. Okay. Most people with HPV do not know they're infected and never develop symptoms or health problems from it. Some people find out they have HPV when they get genital warts. 
Women may find out that they have HPV when they get an abnormal pap test result during their cervical cancer screening appointment. Others may only find out once they've, de they've developed more serious problems from HPV, such as cancers, because it can lead to that, okay? So then people ask, okay, how is it treated? Do we treat every you know case of HPV? So actually, here's the thing. There is no treatment for the actual virus itself. When we do a treatment, as in you go in and you have a colposcopy and your colposcopy matches the kind of same results that your pap smear had, and let's say you're going to either, you may have a LEAP procedure. I'm not going to go into all these things, but if you've ever had these things, you know, or if you've had a conization or if you've had freezing, any of those type of things, what we're doing is we are treating the cellular change on your cervix that the HPV is causing. Okay. We're not treating the HPV to make it go away because there is no cure as of right now to get rid of HPV. So it's kind of like herpes. Once you have it, you kind of always have it. It may be latent or dormant and, or it may come out. So when we do treat it, depending on what your pap smear result comes back as that is, depending on those results, you may lead to another test and may need lead to another test. So there's, there's plenty, there's different steps in between getting the diagnosis that you have an abnormal pap and that you have HPV. Again, it depends on the type of HPV you have, um, how, you know, how advanced the cellular change has been happening with, you know, due to that HPV. So don't get freaked out. Just know that there's a lot of things between getting contracted with HPV and way over here on the other side of the spectrum of cervical cancer, unless you never go for pap smears ever and have problems. And then you come in and we find that out. Okay. So here's the thing. However, there are treatments for health problems that HPV can cause. So genital warts can be treated by your healthcare provider or with prescription medication. Okay. So if left untreated, genital warts may go away or they may stay the same. There's Condolox. There's different prescriptions that you can actually take to your home. You go get it from the pharmacy. There are little acid, acid medications that you can actually do yourself, or you can do them in, we can do them in the office. Sometimes um, people will freeze them off providers. Sometimes they'll do a little bit of laser. It depends again on how extensive the, the genital warts are on the outside. Cervical precancer can be treated. Women who get routine pap smears and have follow-up can be identified readily and easily, and they can usually be caught before big cancer problems develop because prevention, ladies, is always the best treatment. So I want to say a moment here about prevention, okay? Because prevention for me equals you being your number one self-care advocate, and you know that I talk about that all the time. So that means going in and getting the recommended screening treatments when you need to get them. So if you're a person who's had an abnormal pap smear, you are not going to be following the same guidelines of getting a pap every two to f two to three years, like somebody else may be. You need to follow the guidelines that is set for you by your medical provider. Okay. How often you need to come in, when you need to come in. And if you've had an abnormal pap, you certainly don't want to neglect it and never follow through on it either. So you need to take you know self-care seriously about yourself and become your number one self-care advocate and stand up and get prevention and do prevention where prevention is allowed. So get testing done of these things that you can get done. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I get who come in my office and say, oh, I don't want to do my colon. I don't want to do a colonoscopy. Drinking that stuff is disgusting. And I don't want to have to, you know, all that stuff and blah, 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 you know, a 9,001 excuses. And my answer to them is this, okay, is drinking that stuff and just doing that for one, you know, one or two days and getting the preventative procedure colonoscopy, is that better or is colon cancer better? 
okay, which would you rather have? I'd rather be unpleasant for one or two days and find out that my colon is clear than I have colon cancer and never have gone to get the procedure. Same thing with mammograms. Yeah, they hurt. They, you, they squish your boobs. They pinch. Sometimes if you're a little smaller, they hurt. Or if you're larger, they hurt. I've heard it all. But ladies, for the two seconds that your breasts are squished, okay, and you can find out if you have, sir, if you have breast cancer or not, I'd rather go get my breast squished for two seconds or five minutes or whatever it is and know that I'm clear versus having breast cancer. Same thing with a pap smear. Yes, it's not fun getting a pap smear. And yes, I wish there was more better procedures for women. That's why I I go out there and I advocate for us women. That's why I'm trying to disrupt the women's health education space because we need better things for women, okay? A lot of the things that are done on women, I hate to say it, but they're like kind of, they're barbaric and they, we really were in the 21st century. We should really have better things for women. If a man had to go have his penis biopsied and, and inside his urethra scraped, okay, to find out if he had, you know, human papillomavirus, there would be a change. Trust me. Okay. And if a man had to go have his penis squashed every year, like we do with our breasts for a mammogram, we would have different things. Okay. I'm just saying, yes, these procedures are not fun. And, you know, do we like going and having them done? No. But should we go and have them done? Absolutely. Because that's being your number one self-care advocator when you go and get the things done that you need to do. Okay. So lastly, I always get asked this stuff too, is how, you know, what can I do to prevent myself or lower my chances of getting HPV? Okay. Well, if you're between the ages of the recommended ages, you can get vaccinated if that is a choice that you choose to make. Or if you're a parent and you go over with your children and you decide that you want to give your children the vaccine, you can do that. Or you can contact your insurance company and find out what the age is that they go up to for you having the vaccine. And you can go ahead and get that if they allow that too. You can also get screened for cervical cancer, okay? Routine screening for women aged 21 to 65 years can prevent cervical cancer. So again, you know, depending on if your pap smears have always been normal, the screening guidelines changed a couple years ago to every two to three years. So you don't have to come every year. But if you've had a history of an abnormal pap smear, then you need to check what those guidelines are for you, okay? So here's the thing, if you're sexually active, like I said, use latex condoms the right way every time that you have sex. This, like I said earlier, can lower your chance of getting HPV, but HPV can affect areas not covered by a condom, like I said earlier. So condoms may not fully protect you against getting the HPV virus. Be in a mutually monogamous relationship or have sex only with someone you know and go get screened and have them get screened. Okay. Have them present you with their screening. Again, there is no screening thing, a quote unquote for HPV. So you you can't get that, but make sure someone doesn't have, you know, GC or chlamydia, or they don't have, um, you know, syphilis or any of those other type of things that are out there. Those we have testing for those things. So you can get tested for those and women make sure that you have, that you do your screening for your, your cervical cancer screening, because you can find out if you have HPV there as well. Okay. However, if you suspect that you have this infection, you should always still see your medical provider just in case you are at risk for cervical cancer and or find out any treatments that you have. So here's the other thing too. Part of understanding about your body is to look at your body. And I know a lot of women, you know, don't want to, or don't ever look at their body. 
But I advise, you know, my clients, just like I'm going to advise you here, get out a mirror, look at your body parts. You know, if you shave down there, which a lot of women do, you know, look at your vulva, look at your labia majora, look at your, you know, your anal area once a month to make sure that nothing is going on there. Not just necessarily always for HPV, but look to see if you have any type of new growths that you haven't seen before. If you have new moles that have shown up, um, you've got cuts, anything out of the ordinary, you know, it's up to you ladies to be looking at your body parts to know if something has changed. Because like I said, people now are not coming in for a pap every single year. So if you don't come in every single year for me to do a pap smear and to look at your lady parts, then nobody is going to be looking at them for, for two years or three years, depending on when you're coming in. So it's your responsibility. Get out that mirror. Or a lot of patients tell me, hey, you want your spouse or your or significant other or your partner to look? Absolutely. That's fine too. But somebody has got to be looking at least once a month to make sure everything is going good down there in the girly part area. All right. Don't be embarrassed. And if you find something, definitely do not be embarrassed. Come and talk to your medical provider. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard young people or women in general. Oh, I found this, but I was embarrassed. I didn't want to come because I looked it up online and it said it might be warts. Okay. We've seen it, people. We've seen everything. Nothing surprises me anymore. So get into your medical provider if you see any changes or have any questions about your body so they can talk to you about it, okay? So there you have it. Today is a little mini episode on HPV and you know what it is, how you can contract it, what you can do about it, and how you can help yourself to not be so exposed out there to it, okay? But if you do have it, remember, it is not the death of you. It doesn't mean you're dirty. It doesn't mean that you made a mistake. It does not reflect any of those things about who you are as a person, okay? Because so many times people start to identify their personalities with the diseases or things that they have wrong with them. And you don't have to do that. You're still a whole person. You are not dirty. You just happen to have HPV. And because it is so prevalent, you probably can't, couldn't even help from getting it most of the time, Okay. So that's how common it is. So take a deep breath. You know, if you have it, you're good. Make sure you keep a check on it. If you haven't had it, absolutely fantastic. But now ladies, you know about it for yourself and you can also educate your daughters about this, okay? I started talking to my kids, my daughter and my son both about all these things when they were when they were in high school. I showed them pictures. This is what herpes looks like. This is what um, HPV looks like. This is what gonorrhea looks like. This is what, you know, chlamydia looks like, all this different stuff, because then they can become educated and then they know about their own bodies and they can start taking a look at it. You know, teach your daughters how to do self-breast exams. Teach your sons how to do testicular exams once a month, okay? The more that you are proactive and that you become your number one self-care advocator and that you start teaching your kids about this, so much better off. We are going to, we are going to then explode some of these myths and start breaking down some of these educational barriers. Okay. Because right now in the society that we live in, people want to take so much away and they don't want this in school. They don't want that in school. You can't talk to them about this. You can't talk to them about that. Don't talk about biology. Don't talk about this. Don't talk. No, it doesn't matter. Male, female, gay, not gay, transgender, not you got 
body parts, you need to be checking them out. Doesn't matter what sexual orientation you are, you need to understand about your body. Bottom line. Okay? So there you have it, ladies. I hope that you have a richly blessed week. And again, as you know, I'm going to always ask you guys to do me a huge favor and go over and give us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, Please follow us because you can't say subscribe now. Follow this podcast. If you like this episode, share it with somebody maybe in that age range or whatever you want to do. You know, help us get the word out of this. DM me over at Instagram. We are at Well Woman Network. Please follow us over there. Please follow us at Clubhouse if you happen to be on. We are also at Well Woman Network on Clubhouse, I believe. Um, Come join us over at Well Woman Network 360. It's our free Facebook group. And let us know, you know, questions you want answered. Let us know freebies that we can make for you. Um, let us know master classes that, you know, low, clo- low cost master classes that we can develop for you. We are in this with you. My biggest, biggest, biggest personal value is establishing community. That's one of my big things. I love community and I love bringing people together. I love talking to people. I love breaking of bread, the idea of that. And I love the idea of girlfriends and I love the idea of educating each other in a community of well women on the same journey, like-minded, whatever you want to call it. Okay. So come on over on any of those things and please, you know, give us your input and let us know, follow us. We really need a follow on Instagram. We really need a follow on the podcast and we would really love to see you follow us over on clubhouse. And when we have, um, we do open talks on Clubhouse, please join us there too. And if you see that we go live on Instagram, please, you know, join in the live or watch the replay of the Instagram TV too. Okay. I'd really appreciate it. So ladies, from the bottom of my heart, I love you all. Thank you so much. And may God richly bless your week. And we'll talk to you and bye for now.